0: You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. My name is Dan Rowlands and I'm joined by our Villa reporter, Ashley Priest. Ash, how are you, mate? Yeah, all right,
1: yeah. The heavens have opened near me, so it's a bit of a, a <laughs> grey day out there, isn't it? But uh, all good, mate, yeah. Moved on from the Man U debacle now. And the games are coming thick and fast. Is it four games in 11 days, something like that, it's mm. all done and dusted, so yeah. Quick turnaround.
0: Yeah, so say we've moved on from Man United, but we'll touch on that briefly because obviously you went on the, the post-match podcast that we did the other day. You were there as well at, at Villa Park. How, how did you see that game? Were you as frustrated as I was at the end of it? Yeah,
1: I was really impressed with the first half, to be honest, but it's it's like, um, it's run out of steam, to be fair. And that, 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 that that penalty decision, Douglas Louise, um, that change of game, that killed Villa killed Villa yeah. off. Once you guys had the tails up and they scored back-to-back goals in quick succession, that was it, game done. Go on about the, the Watkins season at the end, but over the course of the 90 minutes, Villa really didn't do enough to win the game, in fact. So, um, so yeah, Villa really killed themselves with that, that, that silly mistake just after half-time, and it was um, a long way back from there.
0: Um, we're going to do a bit of a and a episode today. Obviously, we're streaming this live on Facebook at the moment, so if anyone's got any questions for, for Ash, you can put them in the comments box below, but we've got loads from Twitter to go through. Um, they're in no particular order, so this is probably going to be a bit of a random episode. We'll start with some news that's just come out from Mike McGrath, or Mike McGrath, the uh, the Telegraph, I think it was, so my, my mistake if that's wrong. Yeah. Um, he says that Tom Heaton, linked with Man United, so we will stick with Manchester, um, and sign there as a free agent this summer. And it's probably likely that he will leave, with as being our number one, but it's a good goalkeeper to let go and means that Villa probably need to bring in another reserve goalkeeper in the summer, do you think?
1: Yeah, I think so. Heaton's what now, 34, 35? Um, he only signed a two-year deal, which I've spoken about before. I was quite shocked at that, uh, when he signed for £8, eight, eight million. Pound, uh, back in the summer of 2019, just a two-year contract. It's quite quite rare that players only signed two years, but that was the case. Unfortunately, the injury, uh, Tom Heaton, um, I thought he was brilliant when he first came in, up to his kneeling good minutes. And been a long way back since, and Emmanuel Martinez has been the signing of the season for me. Not just for Villa, but in the Premier League, perhaps. Yeah, I agree. He's been absolutely outstanding. So, yeah, um, it was a sad, sad, sad way to end his Villa career with that United you know, move, looking, looking at real possibility now. So, good luck to him if he does if decide to go. I've been told Villa do want to keep him. Villa, Villa have offered him a new contract. But with his first team chances limited, I think he's going to move on to pastures new. But regards to your question, Dan, with Villa signing a new, new goalkeeper? I think so. They'll have a look at the market. I think Jed Steer. I've seen him in action the other week for the twenty threes. He's still sharp as a sharp as sharp as anything. So he's really good. He's been a good servant, hasn't he, Jed Steer? Um, I think it's two years today since since his heroics against Albion in the playoffs at yeah. Villa Park. So um, yeah, Jed Steer will we'll stick around. I think Lovre Kalinic. I think he'll go back out to Croatia and a permanent deal He's doing really really good things. He's back in the equation, national team now, but I think his Villa Villa future's over. So, yeah, that leaves Villa with a bit of a predicament. Um, they'll promote a couple of the, the younger lads in pre-season, Dan. The locals of Yami, Sinisalo and Akos and Nadi. But I think that will be 23 goalkeepers, with one of them going out on loan. I think, yeah, there's room for another one to, to come in and, and challenge Martinez and, and stay perhaps. So, yeah, I think that's something you know, Villa will look into re- replenishing Heaton's position.
0: Yeah, good stuff. You also wouldn't be good heating that move to Man United either, would you? If he's going to be back up at Villa or back up at Man United, you take the opportunity of being in a squad that's going to be yes. challenging for trophies. And it's weird, really, because you look at Tom Heaton and go, Yeah, good, great goalkeeper. Thanks for his service at Villa, etc. But he's not been here that long. He only played half a season. But a he's good a, goalkeeper, and you wish him all yeah, the best.
1: He's got a good chance at United, you know, to get in there. I know you know. The, the higher's not fancied at the moment. He might be, I think he's with the move <laughs> to PSG. And Dean Henderson was a bit shaky for me on Sunday against Villa. A couple of times, Ollie Watkins and McGinn pressed him and he kicked the ball out of play. So there could be an opening for Heaton. Um, That's where he started his career. It could be full circle for him. And who knows if Henderson gets an injury, he's man-used number one, so he can't be good for that.
0: Um, we'll stick with the um, the contracts that are expiring this summer you've got Elmo Neil Taylor I think there's one more as well but I've not made him not written my notes down properly so I might be mistaken there uh, Neil Taylor the one today being linked with a couple of championship clubs Stoke City being one of them um, there's not really any chance of those having their Villa contracts extended is there and they'll move on and, and that'll be that for them do you think
1: I think so I think like, again it's begrudgingly really because they're so key beyond the scenes Dee Smith and, and, the, and the staff love them pair Elmo and Taylor been part of the fabric for a while now. Part of the playoff heroics in 2019. And that little playoff team's disbanded, isn't it? Horahan will probably yeah. head, out, head out again. So, yeah, um, changing the guard, as it were. But in terms of Taylor, he's still only 32. So he's got a couple of years in, he, in he, uh, playing days left. He's doing his coaching badge Body Ballymore Reef at the moment. He remains a massive figure behind the scenes with, with the academy lads. And um, he's a sounding board for Smith and them. So I think he'll go into coaching. I think Villa might offer him a coaching deal, perhaps, but I think he's got a couple of years left in him. Stoke City, the, the latest club mentioned, I think that could suit him. Um, he can't play with mm-hmm. his Manchester up in yeah. Stoke, so that, that could work for him. Um, as for Almo, I spoke to some of his representatives last week. Villa haven't offered him a new deal as yet, so um, that will be discussed in the summer. Another brilliant servant, one million quid. He's done really well. He's, he's played in a number of positions with Villa, centre-half this season, don't forget, in the, in the cup. Um And, yeah, but, uh, yeah, it'd be sad to see them go. They've amassed over 100 appearances between them. Really good stalwarts for the club. And I think they will move on based on their ages and the fact that Villa are pushing into bigger and better things, do you?
0: when you? When you list Elmo, Taylor and Heaton there as three ageing players and, and players that are back up to the Villa's first team now with Martinez, Cash and Target, yep. what do you do to replace those three? Or, or not those three specifically, but ageing players in squads. What do you do with those now? Do you try and sign... People to, to knock out the first team, or are we now at a position where Target, Cash, and Martinez are as good as we're going to get and you replace those aging players with youngsters?
1: Well, um, it's interesting, yeah. I think I think Martinez, Target, they're the best you're going to get in that position. Target's been brilliant this season, knocking on the England door. There's not many better than Martinez, I think. I've told you this before. I think left back, I need to replenish Taylor's position. I think they need, need someone to push Target. He hasn't had that competition this season. And Matty Cash, I think Dean Smith believes a lot, thinks a lot of him. Um, hence why he bought him for fourteen million pound last summer. He's a lot, a lot, lot of growing to do. He's not the finished article by any means. Matty Cash, um, he's been up and down this year, but mainly up. So he'll, he'll look for a stronger season next season. But I think them three mentioned that I think they'll start the opening game of the season on on August fourteenth. I think they're now done to start. I think we'll really need to bring a few in to make that squad depth a bit better. Keep players pushing each other. Will Gilbert come back? The decision needs to be made there. Kane Kester's really, really impressive for the 23s. People have told me he's ready to step up to first-team duties. He has been sticking out for the 23, scoring for fun uh, from right-back. So, I think right-back could be fine. all depends on Gilbert in, in terms of that sense. Will, will, will Strasbourg make that permanent? Will he attract interest from, from other clubs in league? I don't know. But, but listen, yeah, I think left-back's a position that, that needs, needs filling. Um, but other than that, I think they're fine, Villa, in, in, in that sense. Just, just asking those, those who are watching. What positions would you like to see? For me, obviously, further end, the final third of the pitch. Villa needs to be a bit more, a bit more quality, a bit more, bit, bit more pedigree up there. So that's where we're going with it, Dan. I think, I think be more attacking, attacking intent in, in this, in, in this summer window.
0: Yeah, we'll come on to the rest of the squad uh, later in this podcast. Um, another player I want to talk about is Douglas Luiz. More reports from the the, the Telegraph, get my words out, saying that Manchester, Christ, all over the place here. Uh Man City, oh, yes, only water, I promise. Um, (laughs) Man City aren't interested in in a buyback clause in in Pep Guardiola. Oh, God, in Douglas Louise. Pep Guardiola is not interested in a buyback clause of Douglas Louise, according to the Telegraph. Right, finally got it out. Talk about Douglas Louise a little bit. a few questions on Twitter saying, is it time to drop him? Is it time to rotate? Is he someone that we want to be building the the side around or should he be replaced in the summer? And I spoke about it on the podcast we did after Man United saying, I think if Villa want to reach the top six, if that's their aim for next season, I'm not 100% convinced whether... Douglas Luiz starts games, especially in the role that he's playing at the moment. Now, people who watch that podcast commented saying, I'm just being too harsh, and everyone's entitled to their opinion. Somebody said that I needed to provide names to replace him with if I'm just saying get rid of him. It's not my job to scout players. I've not got names for you, but I don't think he's the pedigree of top six. I don't think he's consistent enough for that. Happily be proved wrong, but that's just my opinion. So, first of all, I want to get your opinion on on Douglas Luiz. Secondly, following up to that, as I said, I stand by my opinion that I don't think he's top six level for Villa consistently over a season, if that's where Villa want to be, sorry. But that doesn't mean you can then go and abuse him on social media, which is what we saw after the Manchester United game of people saying, sending him vile abuse and he came back and spoke about that. So if you just want to summarise your thoughts on Douglas Luiz after I've waffled there and finally got got my way through that point.
1: Uh, I really like him. I really like him. Um, I might surprise a few, but I think he's he's, he's a player. The only the problem he's got, he's, he's only 23. He's still young, still a rough diamond for me. Look at his, his debut at Villa Park, that goal against Bournemouth. You know, don't score goals like right if you're no good. Um, that was a long time ago. But he's, yeah, he's still feeling his way into his Villa career. He's only 23 Pep Guardiola wanted to get him from Vasco da Gama. Pep knows a player when he sees one. Yeah, I, asked, I, I asked Pep about him the other week as well. He loves him. Loves everything about him. But just, just things aren't going for Villa's way right at the minute um, in terms of just, just performances. So a lot of players are going to suffer in that sense, aren't they? And McGinn hasn't been ripping it up. For me as well, so that mid- midfield department has been a bit lacklustre over the recent weeks, and Douglas Feese has falling into that. I do think he needs to come out of the eleven. Um, I think he needs a bit of a rest. He's been playing. He's been supposed to go to man for for a lot of this season when when performances has been going really well, or, or they haven't. But I, I like him. I think he's a European Europe League pedigree player. I think I think Villa think highly of him enough. Fifteen million pound for a Brazilian international. He's really good. And I'm, I'm pleased, man. He won't be exercising that in that, that exercising that, that buyback option. But yeah, I think his performance performances dipped below the required standard of late. Um there's no denying that. I think maybe it will it, benefit coming out of the eleven, just to just to get that respite he needs. Maybe Chuck Jacob Ramsey in there for a bit, nothing to lose now. Got Carly Chuck who's making making strides for the twenty-threes. He's amongst the first team again. And yeah, so I, I like Douglas regarding the antics on, on Sunday. I was quite. I was, was quite refreshing to see a player with, with a bit of personality, fighting back. Yes, he said he everyone said no like, he won't be uh, best pleased with, with the abuse he, he got, got given. But listen, he's twenty-three year old kid. He said to he said himself, he's still learning. Um, it didn't mean for that to happen. A bit naivety. Everyone make mistakes. Hmm. I make mistakes every day. Um, so there you go. I think it, it'll look how important he was last season as well that project restart. His Villa's best player. Um, for that. So you're gonna, like I say, Villa have been inconsistent this this calendar year. Um, and Douglas has mm-hmm. been, been no different. So he'll, he'll have a good summer behind him. I think he'll be a starter going into next season. But I think Villa do, do need to bolster that midfield area, Dad, for sure.
0: Do you think? I mean, that's a fair response to to my argument that I don't think he's good enough. And this is the beauty of football, isn't it? That we've yeah. both got an opinion. We sit here as Villa fans watching the same game. I don't think he's that level. You do, um. Yeah, Phil just said, Look how many mistakes Dan just made. I made a mistake hey. even saying that comment. Um, it's all
1: abusing, quick.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> please don't. And who am I to sit here as a 25 year old journalist or whatever you want to call it and criticise a footballer? I don't know. I don't know how to play the game uh, to the level that a professional footballer does, but the opinion I've got is, is different to other people, and that's just, just how it goes. It doesn't mean that you can then go, go online and abuse somebody for it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you said there that you think he is a player, but his performances have dipped. Do you think that's just due to the system that Vidal are playing? Do you think he's playing the correct role?
1: That's yeah, it's really interesting point you made down there. Um, what is he? Is he a six? Is he a eight? What is I don't it? Know. Um, Pet, Pet spoke about his physicality, big, strong, strong. as in his core, strong. He's strong to hold off the ball, but in stature, is, is he that? Is he that that player who breaks the play up? I think. I think he's better on, he's good on the ball for me. I think he's he twisted his turns out getting out, out, out of possession and he's got a goal in him whenever he's high up that pitch. You've he, seen his shot on him uh, last season. He hasn't scored enough for me, but he's been playing a lot deeper, hasn't he, alongside McGinn. So, yeah, I think positioning-wise, that's something sort of i need to look at. Smith works with him day and day out, so he, he, he knows what's best. But I'd like to see him a little bit higher because when Grealish plays, for example, them two, them two link up really nicely. So, um, that tends to happen when players are, are, are good upstairs as well. So, um, i love seeing to him a bit, bit higher, but he's a good player. I think he needs to go a bit forward a bit more. We've seen that on, on Sunday against Manchester United. He was squeezing wan Basaka in the corner at one point to leave him again to worry about Bruno Fernandes. I'd like to see that a bit more. Douglas Ruiz on the edge of the box, I think you'd fancy him. I really do. Um, so, I'd like to see the shackles off him a little bit more. The only reason he's played that this season is because of the lack of options Smith, Smith has got. Yeah. There's only Nakamura in there who can play his position and... He hasn't been trusted to start week in week out. So, if Douglas has got Smith's trust, Smith's a good, ju- good judge of character. So, let's go with it. But I think I do. Like I said, that position needs needs bolstering. I think we need more options in there. What has Morgan Sansan got to bring to the table? I've forgotten man, isn't he really?
0: Yeah,
1: fourteen million quid from Marseille. Um, I'm expecting big things from him next season once he's fully fit again. Uh, Villa went out the way to get him six months ahead of schedule. So they'll think a lot about him. So yeah. Exciting prospect. Douglas Luiz is only twenty-three. Um, the squad, the squad on the whole, is very young. It's the youngest in the Premier League average age. So they're going to grow, grow bigger, so they could grow better together. So it bodes well. I think that's why awesome. Smith's not playing the likes of Philagin, and Chuck Week. I said, listen, I've got the youngest average age squad in the league at the minute. I need, I need cash to play. I need need players to carry on playing for their development. Watkins, it's his first season in the Premier League, he needs to play, but yeah, there's plenty of options on the table. I think this Villa team's there to grow. I think Smith spoke about his recruitment policy this week. I think think Villa Villa will be going young again. Hmm. I
0: think just on the midfield, when you go back to talking about Douglas Luiz there, I think you can replace Douglas Luiz with the name John McGinn, and that's part of the problem. I don't think either of them are playing their correct role. I think they're both better pushed further forward. Yeah. McGinn and, and Louise, but there isn't a proper holding midfielder to play there. And if you're going to play 4-3-3, I think you need a dedicated sitter to play alongside those two if they're both playing together. I think Douglas Louise, or McGinn having to be slightly more defensive of the two uh, on occasion, doesn't put them in the best light, and that's maybe why I sit here as as a fan that doesn't read the game properly. If that's if that's what the problem is, and thinks oh Douglas Louise isn't doing isn't doing it for me, but if he's not playing the correct role, that's not his fault.
1: Um, look at Villa's. Little style. A lot of a lot of emphasis on the wings. They go down the wings. Ollie Watkins runs the channel. Means clips it over to him. And the the midfield are like, relying a lot of the time on second balls, aren't they? So they're not going for the midfield. When's the last time you seen 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 a cute through ball played through to Watkins? When oh, Jack played time. last? Well, when Jack played last, exactly. It just just doesn't happen without Jack. So they've they've gone they've gone to play with width, and they've gone to to try and try and um ping back the the opposition four-backs and getting getting down, down the sides and cut, cut it back to Watkins in that way and, and Torre scored a lovely goal from off the flank the, the other night as well so they've been going down that, that way and the midfield has been missed out hasn't it really to be fair mm. Al Ghazi scored one from cutting in at Goodison Park as well so you yeah, very rarely see Villa play through the midfield play play through the that they, they, they like to play in the opposition half more 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 so than not and try and force them into errors which, which we've seen so Yeah, the midfield's been bypassed and obviously McGinn, Douglas, they're going to suffer.
0: I saw a poll on Twitter before we came on air about next season's aims and what the target should be. Uh, I'll get your answer first before I flash the results up on screen. There's 3,500 votes on social media. So top six, top eight, top half or just staying up with the four options on Twitter. What would your aim be for next season? What do you think Villa need to achieve to count it as a success?
1: Uh, Smith had an interview with Sky Sports last week. And first time first time this season, he said we aim for twelfth this season. Which was quite interesting. <laughs> um, he's never said that before. He just he just said finish as high as possible. But he told Sky the aim this season was finish twelfth. wasn't it Wasn't happy finishing seventeenth last season. So, so they look like they're going to hit that hit the target. They're going to get get twelfth this season at least. Hopefully, um, next season. Smith spoke about it um, he was asked about it by, by the, um, the Sunday papers last week. About the owner's ambition. And he said, Champions League, challenging Champions League players and Premier League. So, the owner's got big, big ambitions for the club. So, I think they've going to be knocking on the top six door. I really do. Um, they want to make that jump. They've just missed out on it this season. I think just before Jack Grealish was injured, they were six, four points off the top four, something like that. And I was knocking on the door, weren't they? And just mm-hmm. fizzled out. It's got coincided with Villa losing Grealish, the best player. And had he been fit for these last 12 games, they'd probably be up there. we get Everton West Ham's. And Tottenham's ran at top six play, so I think that that'll be the aim next season. Top six, if they fall short of that seventh, eighth, it all depends on on how 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 they progressed. they can support. See, they've kept on well, and they've been unlucky. Could they go and win the FA Cup? Perhaps. There's a lot of options, but for me, the aim don't 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 just curtail it. Just go for the top six. And for that, and see where they are, and this summer point to, point towards what 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 they actually are going to do in the in the transfer market.
0: Yeah, it's hard to say until that transfer business has been done. <clears throat> we'll talk about Jack Grealish in a minute. I don't think he'll be leaving, um, but if he did, that will also affect things. What yeah. on the flip side of that, what would count as a failure? Then would it not would just not be I'd say they finished seventh, and that was an improvement on this year? Would that be failure because it wasn't top six?
1: Uh, no, not for me. Just- it's all about performances, isn't it? Um, if, if, if we see Villa regressing and, and, and dipping off their standards they've set this season, then questions are going to be asked. The owners mm-hmm. are, going to, are, going to, are going to ask questions. They're going to say, I'm gone. we spent 300 to £400 million here. We ain't seen nothing for our return. So just got to, just got to show progression lot this season. I think it's been an outstanding season all round for me. I've had a bit of a sticky patch last, last few weeks, last few months, but overall it's been fantastic and top half finish this season. Should be the a and there we go from there, so it shouldn't be um it, it, um all or all or nothing kind of thing I think the supporters need to see a progression and uh, an improvement and a bit more consistency that would be that' be one thing yeah.
0: There's a the results of those poll that poll, fifty five percent of three and a half thousand said top eight should be the aim for next season, and there's a few replies to that saying that that wasn't ambitious enough, and that if it's not top six, it is a failure, because you've got to break into that European elite as soon as possible, because you're at the risk of then losing your star players. But I, I just don't I don't know. It's difficult, isn't it? I think if you finish top eight next season after finishing twelfth or something this year, to so then say that was a failure because you haven't broken the top six. Is difficult. Like you look at Wolves this year, they've yeah. not been anywhere near it because they lost him and he's one of their best players. Exactly. Would you then class Wolves as a failure because they have not made it into Europe again? You wouldn't, would you? Because it's a long it's a long building process and I think Villa are probably looking at Europe in the next two or three seasons rather than this season or next. 100%. Whether that's enough to hold on to your best players is another matter, isn't it?
1: Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll be sitting there with the best players, like you say, like they did last, last summer and they've tied them all down to long-term contracts. So they must with be the discussions with Johan Langer, Perslow, and Smith. They must believe in summit there. They must have sold on the project as we can Mings, McGinn, Target, Grealish last last September. So they're all believe in, They're all going in the right direction, aren't they? So they've been told about what the aims are at the football club, and these We spoke about it himself. It's Champions League in the in the future. So they'll be building towards that, and they've got to show show it again next season that the the main business.
0: Let's talk about Grealish very quickly. His agent this week has been doing interviews. He's a a super agent, I've seen quoted that. He's got loads of people on his book, so it's not like just Jack Grealish is his only client. Uh, He says that many clubs are interested in signing the Aston Villa star but Man United are not top of that list, and he <laughs> could stay at Villa. Yeah. Um, lots of quotes going on there. Lots of, just, I think it was like a ten second clip. It was like, "Oh, Man United aren't interested, and he might stay at Villa." And that's been blown up into, "Oh, good, just, he wants to get out. He's not happy. He's, he's not playing yeah. for twenty odd games because he, he's preparing a move to Man City and all this nonsense that comes out." Yeah. Um Any chance of Villa losing their star man this summer? Do you think?
1: Nah, no chance. Not for me. Um, no chance whatsoever. So that, that's, that's not on the agenda at all. It has been in, in previous season. hasn't it, Dan? Because obviously Villa have been bat- battling relegation last season. And if that did happen, then he wouldn't be able to play now. I think yeah. everyone everyone knows that. But they've kicked on. They, 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 they've proved to him that this is the club to be at. You look at Watkins, he's an England international now. You have got Target, Cash, knocking on the door, Concer. It's a it's a good place to come and play your football. Um, look at the Villa Park to play your games there. Marie has had a, 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 a massive yeah. revamp just a nice place to be the, the, the squad itself young lads hungry lads willing to want, want wanting, wanting to get better and it's just a vibrant place to be like you say they had the crackers in the interview with esri Ez- Concer on YouTube the other week he said listen the banter's flying out everyone's loving loving playing for Villa and it's all coming together on the pitch so should a bit more consistent next season and everyone's got the same balls I want to keep improving and knocking on the Euro- European door so I think Jack could be a big part of that
0: next season, yeah, for sure. Yeah, a serious count point to that because we kinda of laughed off the fact of Jack leaving. If Villa are struggling next season, I think we've got him for next season guaranteed. I don't think you finish I I don't think you make the improvement that Villa have. And if he I think green is like you said, if he was still available, Villa probably would have been on the door of your this season. Yeah, I don't think go you go from say. that. If you then, then next season he's struggling, you can't expect him to stay forever. No. I mean he could, but players have got ambitions as much as he's a, he's a big Villa fan. If someone says you could c- come win trophies with us, Villa have struggled or they've been relegated, God forbid, then yeah, that's fair enough. But if Villa are knocking on the door for Europe themselves, there's no reason for Jack to go anywhere else. I've no, seen exactly. on, on Twitter today Arsenal fans saying, oh, we'll go all out for Jack Grealish and sign for Arsenal. Not even in Europe. No. why would you go to Arsenal why would you pick Arsenal over Villa if he's a boyhood Villa fan which he is Villa are on the up Arsenal are stagnating or on the decline yep. you, won't, you wouldn't pick Arsenal if you're going to leave Villa if you, if you no. leave Villa you're going to Man City or Liverpool or Man United and yep. those clubs aren't going to come in probably thanks to the pandemic as well with the, the way the finances are because no one's going to come and give Villa 100 million plus which is what we value at. so as far as I'm concerned it's a, it's a non-story yeah
1: it's not for sale totally not for sale Um. So yeah, move on from that one. stroke has a good yeah. good Euros. Yeah, um, he's he, he's going to miss a third of the season. That's massive that is for Villa. A third mm. of the season, twelve games could be thirteen if he misses Everton on Thursday. And I bet I bet he just wants to play a full season, thirty-eight games in the tank. And I think his numbers would be pretty scary. Yeah, goals, assists, chances created. He's top of them still at the moment. Chances created. He's he's right up there. I think the Scots in the Sports News graphic. He's won hundred fouls this season and he's top of the shop still so he's missed, missed the third of the I season so.
0: yeah I saw, I saw a stat that still had him top or in the top yes. field Or chances created or something so he's missed the last 13 games
1: I bet he's, he's gutted to be missing out lately um, I bet he's champion at the bit to get back um, four games left and hopefully he get, get some match minutes in the tank and hmm. all points to a successful summer where he's hopefully the England hero
0: yeah, let's go through some of these questions then. There's a few people on Facebook. That I'll, I'm trying to stick mostly for Twitter because we don't give Twitter much much attention. I've asked a question, so I've got to use them. Um, but one of the common ones is when's Jack back? <laughs> is there any further updates since since the last last one?
1: Press, press conference tomorrow, guys. So tomorrow morning, these will have his briefing. Um, obviously, he said about Jack on Saturday. He trained on Saturday last Saturday. He scored a hat trick in the small sided game. He's back playing with a smile on his face. So. They're managing that quite quite cutely, as it were. Um, they are rushing back against Fulham, they said, well, before Fulham, April 4th. The rushing they tried to rush him back. They did a snazzy little video, didn't they? Jack Green is back on the grass. Mm-hmm. He's back. But he, he pulled up 10 minutes into training before the Fulham game. So they're going to take the time with him. No rush. You know, aren't really in a need to rush him back. So I think he's probably back for the Palace game on Sunday. We'll see. We'll see tomorrow, though. Smith could chuck him in for Everton on Thursday.
0: Do you think, I think we spoke about this the last time he was injured before he was rushed back and we said, will he come back in and start straight away and that'll be it? Or will he come back and have 10 minutes off the bench or something?
1: Yeah, I mean, Everton Everton, Thursday, Palace Sunday, it's a quick turnaround in games, um So I think, I think if he comes back, I think he starts. He's fit enough mm. to start, he ain't going to sit on the bench. He had sitting on the bench. We've seen that when he come off before, that, 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 that photo of him yeah. on the bench before. <laughs> I remember that. But um, I think he, if he comes back, he starts
0: why not yeah it's weird isn't it because like you, part of me thinks yeah if he's your best player if he's fit he starts but then if it was a normal injury like yeah. we haven't just thrown Wesley straight in have we you exactly. you'd have to drip feed them minutes. so if yeah, he's yeah. fit-ish for Everton I'd give him 10 minutes off the bench against Everton and then start against Palace surely that's yeah. the definition of not rushing him back isn't it yeah
1: we'll see that, that could be the plan
0: um, go through some more questions. Rich says, how many transfer windows do you think before Villa have a true top four level squad when there is a decent quality cover for every single position? How far away from a big squad are we? Because you look at the, the, the big clubs and past their first 11, a lot of those players that are on the bench would get into the you know the other 14 clubs quite comfortably. How a far four. away are Villa from a top four? It's top Ooh. six. That's more realistic, isn't it? Well, it's
1: got to be i to I believe in the squad order, based on obviously this is their first season, a lot of, a lot of the players' first season. I think it could just be tough. I think this summer, huge. This mm. summer could say a lot about where Villa are going. Um, obviously, they stayed up last season. They've, they've, they've comfortably they've knocked on the door this season. Next, next season could be the one. This summer and January. I know Villa don't like to do business in January, but I think this summer window, will possibly next summer. So, two summers. After that, I think you've got you'll have a you'll have a mint squad there, um, ready to challenge where they want to be in the, in the top four. So two summers, I'd say that that's a fair comment.
0: A part of me feels like it's like a little bit longer for, that for some reason, just because <laughs> I feel like we've been I want to say lucky with transfers. But I'm trying to cast my mind back, and since Smith's been there, maybe it's not luck. Maybe they've, they've bought correctly. Yeah. there hasn't been any transfer that's failed. I don't think unless there's somebody blaringly obvious even the like the fringe players the yeah yeah all yeah, right fair enough um, no, no. but like even the fringe players like an El Ghazi or I yes they're not world beaters but they've contributed enough during their time at Villa that have kept them at, at this level whether yep. they're good enough for the next step to get into Europe is, is, is another matter but I don't think there's any I mean Wesley maybe but he's been injured so that's unfair to to say he's not worked out but the rest of them Martinez Cash concert Mings all these guys have come in and and succeeded for Villa so at some point, I feel like it's going to go wrong because that's classic Villa. So it yeah, might take I mean, longer than we think.
1: They've, they've really revamped the uh, the recruitment side of the things. They've got load. They've got loads of scouts. They've got the sc- um, head of recruitment there. Rob McKenzie as well. They're really, beyond the scenes, a lot's going on. A lot mm. of plates are spinning. So they're getting the house in order in that sense. Johan Langa, the sporting director, is big on stats and data, player data. So it's all there. I mean. There's plenty of irons in the fire, so I think they'll be clever about it. Yeah. And hopefully the players that have already signed you, Bertrand Triora, your Morgan Santons, they can kick on, kick on next season.
0: Uh, Will says, in the last five games, I don't know whether this stat's correct, but I'm just going to assume it is. In the last five games, we've taken the lead 1-0. We've only picked up four points. How much of a concern is this, seeing that earlier on in the season we were confident when we went 1-0 up ahead? Yeah. Is a worry.
1: Become a bit of a habit, yeah, blowing leads, yeah. as it were. Um, yeah, I don't know what to make of that really. Obviously, <sighs> you're missing Grealish, aren't you? He's your ball carrier. He relieves a lot of pressure. He wins you three kicks high at the pitch, which um, stops the counter-attacks. But yeah, it's just been a running theme. Can't quite put your finger on it. I think Smith would be wanting to do put put his finger in on it um, in, the, in the in the team debriefs. But yeah, it's happening a lot of late. Happened at West Brom. Even at Everton, calvert lewin equalised. and obviously Man U just gone. Mm-hmm. Blowing leads have become a bit of a recurring theme, but if you're not scoring more than one goal, you're not, you're not on the front foot throughout, you're going to get picked back, aren't you, more often yeah. than not. So, you really need to start scoring a bit more, scoring more freely. Um, I haven't had much chances of late. They should, should have scored three or four in the first half at Everton, don't forget. Yeah. Pickford had a worldie, but yeah, I think they need to be more ruthless in front of goal. Go go 2-3 ahead like they did at the start of the season and then the results will come.
0: Back to McGinn and Louise that we spoke about earlier. There's a question from Elliot. He says it's more hypothetical than anything, but say only one of those can be can be in that midfield starting eleven next year. Which one do you keep? Which one do you build that new midfield around? Louise or McGinn, given that each selection drastically changes the direction of our style going forward. Louise more technically gifted, whereas McGinn often sets the tempo. If you only pick one, up. who goes in?
1: I'd lock half and half, I'd lock a bit of both of them, if you <laughs> mesh, mesh, mesh them into one player. They're both being somewhat so differently. Obviously, I was playing McGinn in the first half on and, and, and Sunday. Was it just it was old, old school McGinn, the, the one we locked see. I think I tweeted like, saying if, if fans were there on Sunday, they'd, they'd, they'd give him a, like, would have gotten the supporters out of the seats because he was pressing them, he was forcing the United into errors, and it was the McGinn of old. So I haven't seen that in too, too many times this season. Obviously, he's playing a lot deeper. He scores for fun for Scotland, playing higher up as a 10. He's done that a couple of times this season. Just choosing one. I can't, Dan. I'm sitting on the fence. Um, lot like of Douglas Louise. I think there's a lot to come from him still. <laughs> Tough one. Um, if, if, if that was down to Smith, I think he'd choose McGinn every day of the week. I think he's hmm. a player who, who Smith just loves and trusts. So I think it'd be McGinn, mate.
0: Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I've got an answer for that. That's a very difficult question from, from Elliot, I think that was. Good um
1: question.
0: Where was the where was the inspiration for the high-performance centre taken from and how does it compare to Man City, United, Arsenal, etc.? It look, yeah, does I look asked, very good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I asked Dean about this last week uh, for a bit more on it and he said, as soon as Wes Edens and Nassif Suarez come to Bonamoreth, he said, we need a bigger gym. Um, <laughs> I love that. Obviously, obviously, Wes Edens, he's co-owner of the Milwaukee Bucks, the NBA side, a successful NBA side, and Dean been over, flew over to Milwaukee a couple of times to see Wes and... I think their, their basketball coach is called Dean Smith as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's well, right. Well, on our image library, when I search Dean Smith, I get a basketball coach come up. I don't know whether it's yeah. their side, but they often confuse me. I'm like, why I've is it showing basketball photos? And then I'll go yeah. to, oh yeah, their coach is called Dean Smith. I don't it's know whether Dean it's
1: him Um But anyway, so Dean Smith's been over to see Wes and how, how the books work and a, a, a lot of a lot of fans will know that American sport, a big emphasis on physicality and you've seen the NFL side the huge gyms they have and, bulking them up to be fair and build building fitter, faster, stronger athletes. And that's a the key emphasis out in America. And obviously in the summer of 2019 out in Minnesota, Dean Smith and the squad visited the Minnesota Vikings' his performance centre as well. And they took some inspiration from that before before the work started. So they've got a bit a bit Americanized in that sense and with, with the new performance centre and the quite a funny funny story Smith told me he said uh, when Wesley signed last last summer he said, "He said he walked into the gym, the, the old gym. He said, 'Is this where's the first team gym?' <laughs> he's, standing, he's standing in it. Was it was that tiny? It was just small, dingy little gym. And so, um, as soon as they arrived, the owners, to be fair, 2018, they said we need to need to build a new gym. So that that, that that's where the inspiration come from. And um, I think that'd be that'd be a massive part of next season. And that'd be the hub of the pre A lot, a lot of work would be going there. So." That's massive. Moving forward, how, how does it compare? I think it puts Villa right there in the Premier League in terms of facilities. And Leicester's is pretty, pretty magnificent. To be honest, Dan, it's whole new. They've had, it's like it's like knocking down Bobby Bob, Moore Roof and starting again. Leicester have got a whole new facility. It's like a seven star hotel they've got. But um, yeah, Villa. Christian Perso said it himself. One of the best facilities in the UK now, so yeah. that bodes well for. for for Villa next season and moving forward for sure
0: yeah, it shows how much of a, 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 like a poor 10, 15 years it's been, because for a long time, you, we'd have said that Bodimore Heath was state of the art facility when it was yeah. done up in 2006, 7, whenever it was, when, yeah. when, when Randy Lerner did it. And you kind of get stuck in your ways of thinking that, well, Bodimore Heath is still a nice, nice place. But then you see what all the, the big six or big eight clubs have done in the last 10 years and Villa have been left behind, really. So the fact that they've done this and have got plans to and it. more stuff and they had the little like, under 23 stand put in there and all the new pictures mm-hmm. and stuff. Villa uh, Boddimore is now more state of the art than it was because you've just said it for a long time. Oh, yeah, Boddimore, good facility, but wasn't, was it really, compared to the rest of the Premier no, League? It was good 15 years ago, but it's not been done since then.
1: That's why Man United fans are not at the moment because they're not happy with Old Trafford. Um, the Glazers are, haven't really done anything to it since they bought the club. So, mm. whereas you look at Villa, Boddimore, they changed to the Villa Park, they've already put planning permission in to, to, to knock down parts of the North Stand. So, they're evolving. They're the, moving forward, um, forward-thinking owners, and as Dins, as Densby said this week, they're the real deal. So I think there's a lot to get excited about. We're I in mean, fantastic hands with with Wes and Nasef and and it just bodes really well. So I, mm-hmm. I can't speak old enough of that.
0: You mentioned stadium redevelopment there. Um, we did a post on Facebook and Twitter yesterday of like a mock-up artist design of, of Villa Park and how it would look if it was redeveloped. Um, when I watched it back for a second time, they basically just copy and pasted the whole thing of the, <laughs> the other side, uh, but still it looked nice. Um, what What are the plans? Just uh, an update on plans because I know that it's been in the talk to- in 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 the work for a long yeah, yeah. time, and you maybe have to get promoted before we can look at it and financial stability, and then the uh, the pandemic hit and all the rest of it. What are the plans for for Villa Park if it's to get done? And is there any kind of timeframe on when we're looking at, at this maybe happening?
1: I look at this weekly, to be fair. I'll check into the Birmingham City Council planning portal, have a, have a little look. But nothing's changed since the well, – they've they've got a planning application to to knock down the current Villa store, the current ticket office and the family fund zone, which supporters will be familiar with. Mm-hmm. So i they, have got permission to knock down all that, so to make the back of the north stand an open space – for them to develop and build the plans around that um they need to spend a lot of money with the north stand boxes the gas lamp lounge i don't know if you've been but it's re- really impressive in there now so they've done all that out in corporate wise but in terms of the plan itself they've got they've got a gr- the green light to demolish and just flatten everything outside of the north stand and then they'll go from there so uh, like i said a lot of fans have said fill in the corners and but I think that that'll be the stand. That, that'll be the stand that that, that will, be, will be developed. Obviously, when the finance is released, um, the club announced that they're going to redevelop the stadium. So I think all points to the north stand. That, how the, how how they'll do that? Not quite sure yet. Planning permission hasn't gone in, but in terms of the time frame as well, that, dem- that demolition work went in just as the pandemic hit last season. So mm. they have had to put that on hold, obviously for obvious reasons and. They'll, have, they'll probably have a sit-down in the summer and plan, plan out from there. So, yeah, bodes well. Same with the new, the, uh, the inner-city academy we've spoken about before for the, the academy side of things, just on Brookville Road. Um, that's waiting to go through. That will go through, and, and building work will, will start, probably you could say, this summer. This summer. So, yeah, exciting future in that sense, Dan.
0: If you could kind of click, uh, click your fingers and do what you want with Villa Park, what would you have done to it?
1: Interesting. I think it needs needs more. Mention the hotel, the museum. I think there needs more more to do there. To be honest, they need to make it a place you come and spend all day. You know what I mean? you Spend your money all day down there. They could could do a few new nice new bars and stuff like that. Not not knocking the places around there, but it needs more more down there. If you, if, hmm. you know what I mean? You got families coming from afar from from abroad. Um, they probably end up going into town Birmingham for you know what I mean? Just kill time and stuff like that. There's nothing really to do around there, so. It needs a whole new redevelopment in terms of the stand itself. I mean, as everyone knows, I mean, the list is quite cramped as well in the concourse. Um, I think that what would I do? I'd probably try and I try and fill in the corners. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know, what to, I don't know what the word bowl, but I would try and make it.
0: So uh, yeah, I know what you mean. I I, I don't think I would want to fill in the corners. This is like no. this, this is the biggest debate I've seen on Twitter since we it's posted like, that clip. Yeah. Definitely wouldn't want it like a bowl like the Etihad or the Emirates. No yeah. way. Never want to see Philip Park turned into something like that. And I don't think we would. Um Holt and has to stay as it is. Nor stand knock the whole thing down and restart it. But yeah. I like I like that the sides are all separate. I like the kind yeah. of box look. You could yeah. people are saying you could fill in Trinity. Doug Ellis and the new North whatever you want to call that, as like a bit of an arch or whatever, and then leave the whole whole end separate. Mm -hmm. Even that though, I don't know, I just like the look of it all being separate is is my personal opinion. I'm not massively bothered what they do around it in terms of a museum and bigger club shop. And I saw someone say like underground parking and all this kind of stuff. "Mm, That kind of stuff, not really that bothered. Just don't touch the whole end unless you're going to make it bigger. And don't make it look like a, a generic, lifeless bowl. The rest yeah. of it, I can do what I like as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, it be interesting to see what they do with it, to be fair. Um, I don't know. How you, yeah, I'd fill in the corners. i try and make the ground louder louder, louder as well in that sense. And mm. like you say, don't don't touch the old end. That, that'll be the, the jewel in the crown, yeah. as it were. And it'd be interesting to see what they do. I don't know. Would they have a three-tier stand there? I don't know. It'd be interesting.
0: Yeah, someone saying that the bowl stadium gets you more fans, but... I don't know, it just makes I like Villa Park, it's too much traditional, isn't it? And I'm, I'm saying like i got this like eighty year old that's been been there when it's you know since it was first first built. I, I haven't, but I've only known Villa Park as it is. And you see these classic classic grounds ripped down, and you get this lifeless, generic circle. That they all they all look the same but in a different colour. I don't yeah. want to see a, a circular Villa Park in claret blue like the Olympic Stadium. It look like West Ham's one to me. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I want Villa Park to look like Villa Park as it is. Just make it bigger if you can. Liverpool,
1: Liverpool have done one stand haven't we Sorry, about yeah. That yeah. before? Um, just, just doing one stand. Yeah. About the yeah Doug Ellis as well could uh, could could have an owl shape there Doug Ellis and North yeah.
0: Would you just on the ground quickly? I mean, we're getting a bit, a bit into hypothetical, and we're going to talk about concept kits at the moment, and we will come back to football before we end. Um Would you rename any of it? Would you have it? I know that there was a talk, wasn't there, at one point about renaming Villa Park as in like a yeah. you know like the Emirates having it as like named after a brand? I wouldn't like that. I wouldn't want it to be something Villa Park. I wouldn't like that either. Yeah. Um, but stands, Ron Saunders stand was was moved. Give a nice touch, club for, like
1: forty years next season. For the Euro- European Cup yeah. success, NEPA had a big part in that. was winning the league as well the year before. So, Ron so understand them all for that, totally.
0: Yeah. Um, we'll talk about kits while we're still here. Um, kit for next season, is there any details on that? It's usually the start of time when you start to see leaks and concepts and all this kind of stuff. Is there anything out, out with the kit? Are we still with Kappa?
1: Yeah, Kappa. One more year of Kappa. Um, and, and Kazoo again, I think. And Kazoo signed another deal as well. So, it's, as you were, there'll be t- tweaks to it, but one more, one more season left with Kappa and then it'll be a, 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 a new brand. So, obviously, Nassif Soros, um, he has links with Adidas, doesn't he? So, it could mm. be Adidas next, after that. I don't know, but yeah, it be Kappa once again. I think, I think the, the kits will be much, released much earlier this season because Villa know, what, know, know what, know what they've got, know what they're working with. So, I think an announcement could be, could be soon. Could, I mean, a lot of teams do, if, uh, wear the kits are the, the, on the final game of the, of the season don't they a lot of them a lot of the time but I think early summer I think we'll start to see seeing the kits released and um, they won a, another big a big flurry of sales won't they um, and I know sports have been happy with the, some of the some of the issues regarding the kits but hopefully they'll be ironed out there's an AGM meeting on the 20th of May so the details could be announced then
0: Yeah just more stock <laughs> it's yeah. my only complaint, stuff. really. There's the stuff that I've liked this season, either in yeah. kits or training wear, and they just don't, don't have it in the sizes that you want for long enough. Yeah. That's the, the biggest problem. All, all the designs have been have been pretty good. Yeah. Um, in terms of like a, a a classic villa kit that you'd like to see, any like hom- homages back to old kits? If you could design a villa kit, what would you go with? Put you on the I'd spot a, Yeah, like a
1: white away one. Yeah, like a white away one yeah like um, I like the old Umbro one I, lo- I do like Umbro gear um, they do some nice classic style kits West Ham's is nice and they do a good job of Burnley's as well but yeah um, I don't know it kit for me is white I, 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 like, I like that aspect in terms of home my round neck I don't know but everyone likes that look. kit doesn't that B-neck it was lovely um, yeah. just something nice on the eye and yeah I'm not too fussed really to be fair this season kit I prefer the black one. over I have a more to be fair, but
0: they, they do a good job. Genuinely, yeah. As long as it's claret and blue with Premier yeah. patches on the side, that's that's the nice right thing. Um, I wouldn't be surprised for a white away it next season, though, with it being the, the anniversary of the nineteen eighty two. I think it'll be like a modernised version of that. You know, the, the, yeah. the Macron one from a few years ago with the claret and yes. stripes. I think it'll be like that, but but better. Hopefully, because that wasn't wasn't great. Um, uh, back to football. There's a few comments actually in, on Facebook asking about Jack Grealish's injury. Can you just explain and give a bit of clarity on what it is, what's wrong with him, and why why he's kind of regressed back to, to being injured after coming back?
1: Yeah, this was, was called a, load, a loading injury, which basically means he's been putting too much. Pre- he's been playing too much, basically, and he's been putting too much pressure on his shin, his shin muscle, um, as it were, and it's broken down on him. Um, so he's just building that muscle up. But by the shin bone, I'm not, I'm not a physio or anything like that. It's just <laughs> just been like, like a bruising center, bruising feeling kind of thing. And he's had to build build that, that strength back up in his shin and his leg muscle. So probably just doing a bit too much, running a bit too hard. Um, but he's done that throughout the season. He's, he's got in the numbers he has. So we've had to take his time with it. People said shin splints. Obviously, that's not the case. So he had a shin injury before, didn't he, when he, when he come back? in the Championship years, but hopefully it's behind him now and he's, he's back and back and ready to go this week, finally. But yeah, they're going to take the time with it. They don't want to rush him back and make it worse. He's got his England prospects to look forward to. I know, I know come, Villa comes first, but you don't want him breaking down and, and being out for longer than he has. Hmm. The only issue is perhaps uh, should Smith have opened up about it a bit more and gone into a bit more detail, but he didn't want to do that because you wanted to keep the opposition thinking, I guess, without Grealish. So we are where we are. I know he's back now.
0: Um, talk to me about FFP a little bit and, and the summer spending. I had a couple of questions on this from Twitter saying, how much can we spend in the summer? What positions do we need to strengthen? How much will we spend? Um, if you could kind of give a summary, because I want to wrap up to a certain extent, a summary of what you think we need to do in the summer, how much do you think we'll spend... And what can they actually do in terms of FFP and kind of clarify the rules on that? Because there's been some changes made, I don't know, to the rules, I think.
1: Yeah, let's have a good look over these as well. But Villa are debt-free. I reported a couple of weeks ago now that the owners are putting another £20 million into the the club's kitty, as it were, via a shares issue. So they're not in debt. A lot lot of the Premier League clubs and the big European clubs are in debt. Villa aren't in debt. Um, They're self-sufficient, And I think it points towards... If Villa want to kick on, £100 million summer window. That, that's your ballpark for me. Um, I spent 150 in the third, first window, 105 last summer. I think it points to the same again. It's got to. I think if Villa have aspirations of making that gap up to the top six, I think that's what that, that's what you need to spend. You've seen Tammy Abraham build at £40 million. So, £40 million players will we'll, last support us this. Can you see Villa breaking Ollie Watkins's £33 million record? I, I can. Yeah, we'll same. see. I, I, we'll see. I asked him if we were really big this summer. He said, uh, no, not necessarily. Um, so, we'll see. But, I mean, a lot of players, you see. I think Watkins will be 10 times a player next season. Same with Cash and the other lads that, that joined as well. So, there's a whole new scouting department in there. So, look into Cherry Little Gems. Obviously, Rob McKenzie, he put Riyad Maris from Le Havre for half a million quid. Look where he is now. I think he's beyond the Kante deal to Leicester as well. So, they've got they've got, they've got the experts in. You know, and Land knows a few about, about spotting a player as well. So, yeah, little gems. or They could go massive in terms of what they need. I think uh, a, uh, an attacking midfielder for me. I think Ross Barkley, but he heads back to Chelsea. Mm. I think we need someone to fill, it, fill his place. I think we need a big-caliber player in there. I, need, I think we need a goal-scoring winger. Um. Obviously, Trezeguet is out for nine months. I think we need a, a real winger. We could it could even rival Grealish? Who knows? Um, to come in and score freely. A lot. A lot of be hope to Bertrand Roy next season. Smith Smith still believes in him. Obviously, we see flashes of it, don't we? That yeah. goal against United was unreal. Mm, yeah. yeah. A bit more consistency. So he's still finding his feet in the Premier League after a season. So a lot. A lot to hope for for him. Do we need a nasty midfielder in there to to win the ball back for us? Um, that, that that's a position for me. We need to look at tall physical midfielder. Yeah, um, something different. And a left back. I think defense is fine for me. I think like if Bjorn Engels leaves, I think we need cover. But I think Kanta Mings, Cash and Target and Martinez, I think they have done alright this season for me. I think I think it's in front of them that they are going to need to spend the money on.
0: I said earlier in this podcast about that I don't feel like, apart from Samata, <laughs> that they haven't had a transfer fail in the last few years. On the flip side of that, who do you think their best signing has been? And best signing for what reason? Are you picking that you going to pick the best player, the best value for money, the most improved in terms of value? Who's Villa's best sign? Do you think under Dean Smith? Ezri Konsa. Ezri
1: Konsa, twelve million pound England future England international. I think I think we'd be lost without him, to be honest. I think I believe you know, in that much. We'd be
0: in serious trouble without him.
1: He's unreal. So value for money. Conta, best player. concert. I can't rave, rave enough about him. So what, is he 23 still as well? 23, 24? Is it, is it Villa? Is it here to stay at Villa? So he gets more votes. I think Martinez pushes him close. Watkins as well. I think Watkins has done br- brilliant in his first season yeah. in the top flight. So a lot more will come with him next season. Make no mistake about it. So, yeah, it'll be them free for me.
0: Final couple of questions. I know these are pretty quick fire. Um, Pre season, I know you've written an article today about it. Um, what, any any word on official plans yet? Uh, you know, the travel yeah. restrictions and that kind of stuff.
1: Yes, we spoke about it last week, so I just thought I'd, I'd delve into them quotes. And you think you're too much away. So, we've got three plans in place. Plan A, plan B, plan C. We've got friendlies booked in. Details not, not confirmed yet, though. So, just looked into things. And obviously, America's off the cards, which is a shame, really, because... I went to Minnesota a couple of years ago. It was a brilliant trip. And there's loads of Villa fans out, out stateside and had a really good time over there. And the conditions were perfect as well. It was red hot. Um, perfect for pre-season training. So. But the will we're going over to America this season, I don't think, based on its amber, amber status currently and the fact that they need to sort visas of out in quite a good, good mm. time. So that can go to work. I think Europe, it points to Europe. Um, again, Villa went to Leipzig for a couple of days after Minnesota, didn't they, in 2019. Yeah did last pre season at Brentford. He went to Bavaria in Germany again. So he likes Germany. So, good points at Germany. Um, I think the bulk of the pre season, though, Dan, I think it would be spent over here. Obviously, last summer they went into, they went, stayed in Cardiff, didn't they? They played Bristol City. I had, had, had a camp down in, in South Wales. Yeah, yeah. Which was quite good. And um, I think it'd be similar here, really. They'll look for a place, UK, for the bulk of the training. And I'll probably jet out to Germany for a couple of matches. And that'll be it, really. But. Yeah, this new performance centre will be um, the hub of it all as well. They've got lots of analysts on board now, so they'll be building bigger machines, as it were. It's going to be a bit of a workshop for the players over the summer. So, yeah, I think it points to a bit of running harder than ever before next season, and that bodes well, doesn't
0: it? It's just sparked a random thought there as you're talking about pre-season. What are your, how, how much how much do you read into pre-season, especially as a journalist when you've got, got to cover these games? Do you think it's better playing games that you expected to win, like lower league size, where you get, get your confidence up and, and play well? Or should you be playing against higher level opposition and trying to test yourself or does pre-season not really matter?
1: No, it does matter. I think you need a bit of both in there. Um, obviously, Villa played Minnesota that, that, that summer, Braised them, walk in the park, to be fair, 3-0. And um, that, that set them up nicely for to go to Leipzig. Leipzig, Champions League team, don't forget. I mean, knocked out was it this season? And well in the Champions League this season. Villa beat them. Um Horahan scored, it was Peyton's first first appearance and everyone was everyone was getting quite excited, wasn't they? Um mm. the season didn't pan out as it as it were. But Villa really also went to Shrewsbury, Charlton and Warsaw to get the minutes and get the pla get the minutes in the tank and get a feel for the football again. So you need a mixed bag to be fair. You need a good pedigree side who will give you a real real challenge. Um one way you're not going to get much of the possession, and um, you need you need other games, play uh, weaker opposition to try try some new tactics out, formations, get a feel of the football again, and and build some confidence that way. So a bit of both you need.
0: Final one. About the youth players. It's the youth cup semi final against Albion on Friday night. I think it is. Uh, yeah, sure it's on, it's on BT Sport. Is on BT Sky. Sport,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, on BT Sport. So fans can watch that. I'll be tuning in because I think that's, a, that'll be an interesting watch. A couple of questions about the youth, uh, the youth setup. Um, I don't know if I can find them quickly. It's kind of the, the, the crux of it was should the players in the youth cup or in the under 23s be more involved in the rest of the season's games and getting minutes here and there, or should they be devoted to the youth cup and trying to go on to win that? And a follow-up part to that is how many of the youth prospects this season will be involved in the side next season.
1: Yeah, I think it's a massive game Friday. I think every supporter should tune into that against the Albion as well. Semi-final, really looking to competition. Lots of Man City, Chelsea, Liverpool. Win and go big go big in as well. Um, really got a great chance. The other semi-final was Liverpool and Ipswich, I think. Um, so, yeah, big chance for Villa to win this. Sort of whacking goals left, right and centre. Um Thump, thump Newcastle, 6-1 last time out. And yeah. Got some ro- real stars there. Chuck Mowica we've spoken about. He's in with the first team now. He was on the bench on Sunday. Philly, uh, no, not Philly Jim, but also, Louis. Barry, sorry. He scored for fun for them as well. Aaron Ramsey, he was that injured last time. So, yeah, it's massive competition, Dan. The last one in 2002 with the Moore brothers. Um, Peter Whittingham, God bless him. He was in the side as well. And the big way ruined his Everton over two legs. With this one, it's only one leg in the final should Villa get there and the final will be at Villa Park if, if, if Villa progress. It'd be, it'd be either. If Albion win, it'll be at the Hawthorns, the final or so hopefully not. So, yeah, I think Villa will go big in it. I don't think the um 23s will be a part of the Smith squad on Thursday. I think Neil Taylor will come back in to take their places on the bench, but in terms of, of this season, I spoke about this last week. I think Ross Barkley, he can't play against Chelsea on the final day of the season. It's a parent club, so perhaps Chuck get get some minutes for his Premier League debut against Chelsea in the last day. I think the players, Philogine Bedos, has been, been around been around the first team for a long time now. So, he's knocking on the door. Tres, the guy's out injured as well. So, there could be an opening for him for minutes, off the, for minutes from, from off the bench as well. So, there's a cluster of them, Dan, who um, will be a part of the pre-season plans. Spoken about Kane Kessler, he'll be a part of it. Could be the keepers as well, Philip Marshall, uh, Sydney Salo in goal as well. And, your you suspects, Aaron Ramsey, he was part of the, the camp in Wales last summer. Chuck Mawika, we've all got a plan for him, things we've told me. I think really highly of him. He's going to be a first-team player sooner rather than later. Um, Louis Barry, he'll get a look looking over, over over the summer as well. He's been scoring freely for the um, 23s and 18's. So, yeah, I think there's a five, six, six, of them who will be looked at. Forgetting players who are still there as well. Dominic Reva, he captured villa mm. in the FA Cup. Uh, against Liverpool he's he's lone move to Wyman's finish so he'll be back in for another year Mungo Bridge as well left-sided centre-back he's usually around the first team he's been out with an injury of late so there's about six, seven eight eight young kids who Smith will have a look at in pre-season and um, look to give them ample opportunity to impress
0: lovely stuff mate thank you very much that's a nice little round there we've covered absolutely loads in this podcast I've covered loads yeah um, so thanks to everyone who asked me questions on, on Twitter you can follow me at Dan Rowanson. you're at Priest Observer you can also follow us at Claret Blue Pod thanks to the Facebook audience for watching along live as well we do appreciate it not flash any questions up on screen but I've kind of tried to word some of those into the questions as well and cover as okay. much as possible um, like I said Ash thank you very much for joining me this is Tuesday afternoon it's been a good hour um, we'll be back on Thursday evening after the Everton game, and then again on Sunday for Crystal Palace. There's absolutely loads going on. The season's wrapping up, but you know, still loads to talk about. Um, so, thanks for watching, and we'll uh, we'll see you again in a few days' time. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue and Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, up the Villa.